Hello and welcome to the Peter the Water Dog Saves a Planet Peace podcast. Please enjoy chapters 36 through 41 of One More Year, Pedro the Water Dog Saves the Planet, Primer 1, and a bonus of Pedro's Primer. Chapter 36, Neon Colored Thrift Shop Kids Shockproof 8x21 Binoculars with Bird Watching Carrying Case. Tilly overtakes rider number four as the athletes near the end of the cycling course. They fall back into position and she makes her move to advance again and pass the rider in third place. The crowd cheers as Tilly and the other cyclists cross the cycling finish line. Kama starts a chant with her booming voice. Tilly, Tilly, Tilly. The crowd joins in too. A man in the crowd points to Tilly. What's OMY? Another man with long blonde dreadlocks and rainbow tie-dyed baggy drawstring pants and t-shirt looking through neon-colored kids' binoculars, responds in very slow stoner speech. I don't know, man. It's not OMG. It's OMY. One more year. She's in third place and she's never even cycled in a race before, Camus shouts. Holy shit, man. One more year? One more year. One more year, hippie man chants carefully and slowly. A few others in the crowd take up the new chant, picking up the tempo until the entire side of the course is chanting in unison. One more year. Tilly passes by on her way to the transition area, pauses when she hears the chanting and smiles. She slows down a bit as she walks by the crowd and a couple of athletes pass her. She hangs her bike on its rack, pulls off her gloves and helmet, pulls on her running shoes, takes a quick drink, pops some high-tech food pods into her mouth, and runs out of the transition area in fifth place again. Go, Tilly! I love you, girl! Camus shouts. I love you, girl! Hippie dude echoes sincerely. Camus rides on another shuttle to the finish line area. She answers her phone. Camus, it's Bill. Hi, Bill. Where's Tilly in the ranking now? Aren't you watching? She finished the cycling section in third place. There's almost nothing about it out here. I'm picking it up from the race site. Not sure about the rest of the world. That's all I needed to know. Hey, thanks for the big funds connection. She's still got a marathon to run. Can you help the cause? I'm going to try. Chapter 37 Vintage Embroidered Buckskin Fringed Hippie Woodstock Jacket with Cupped Metal Buttons The rain continues to dump down as the bike guys race their mountain bikes up the trail to the large wooden structure. The tractor can barely gain traction in the mud to pull up the last available logs to finish bracing Her Majesty, as they are fond of calling it after countless hours of building. Through the mist and rain, the college and cannabis-engineered log posts brace the elevated track, which hugs the hillside in a firm holding pattern. They quickly finish placing the logs, stand for a few seconds with their arms around each other's shoulders, then look up to admire their work with legitimate concern and a great deal of hope in their hearts. Good work, gentlemen. Now we need to hurry down out of here, Ike shouts over the pouring rain. But it'd be a damn shame not to ride that blessed mother. Calculate the mud. Ike takes off first, giving each of the guys a high five as he passes them. 
Man hugs and more high fives follow as the bike guys join Ike. With loud hoops and hollers, they take a muddy lap and climb the impressive structure, sweep down, take the jump at the bottom, and ride quickly down the trail to the homes in danger below. Despite fatigue, Tilly settles into her pace running over moderate hills near lake and mountain vistas. The leaders are within sight. One more year, she says to the rhythm of her breath. The rain pours down on the logging site, moving mud, stumps, and trees. A striped hawk feather spirals up out of the peace bowl at the sacred grounds floating high into the air. Graham drives a lakeside road headed to Liz's store. Damn this rain, Mayor Patrick says as he answers Graham's call. The hill's going down. What? It's no false alarm. Ike and the boys are there and can see it. They're evacuating Syringa homes. You need to run an emergency announcement so folks know it's real. Get supplies and the Red Cross going at the fairgrounds. Send your emergency crews over now. I'm on it. The Syringa neighborhood filled with small cottages, ski houses, and family homes, lay at the bottom of the hill. The bike guys ride in at full speed, knock on doors, and with forceful urgency tell residents they need to evacuate immediately. Most grab a few precious things and immediately get into their cars to leave, despite confusion and fear. The guys open their phones to show the mayor's official announcement for those who are skeptical. Many people in the neighborhood know the bike guys and give them a hug or shake their hand before they rush into action. The friends on wheels continue house to house. As the fire trucks with sirens blaring drive quickly into Syringa, the fire chief spots Reeve coming out of a house. We've cleared out Pine to Treva Street, Reeve announces to the chief. Okay, nice work. We'll start past Treva. Cutter hears the sirens, but they have not arrived at the block of houses he is racing to notify. He rides up fast to the next house, knocks loudly, but there is no answer. He bangs loudly again, and finally the door opens. A pretty, gray-haired, hippie-esque woman in her early 60s, wearing a suede fringe jacket, answers the door. I got a call from a friend about leaving my house, but young man, I don't have a car. Cutter calls Ike. Ike, there's a lady here, and she doesn't have a car, and... He turns away and lowers his voice. She's old like you. I can't carry her, man. I'll be right there. Cutter tells Ike the address, then stops to text Camus. Camus reads the text. The logging site is sliding. We're getting everyone out. Tilly and the other athletes push on as they run through Banff Village, now only 10 miles from the finish. Spectators cheer. Tilly, in a trance-like state from sheer exhaustion, hears her name being called out and the words, One more year. As she rounds a bend in the road, she sees Camus with a distraught look on her face before Camus sees her. Camus's troubled face startles Tilly out of her race focus. Tilly stumbles as she tries to move over to the side of the road to get close to Camus. What's wrong? Tilly shouts. What's wrong? She repeats desperately, trying to get to Camus. Camus finally sees her. Incredulous, she shouts back, What are you doing? Go! You need to run! What is it? Tell me. Stay on the course. You'll be disqualified. What is it? Nothing. Finish the race, Camus pleads. Till, go. Reluctantly, Tilly turns away and speeds up her pace as she runs through the cheering town. Chapter 38 
Black Leather 1971, Milo Bowman, High Back Recliner 74 with Flip-Out Leg Rest. A regal older gentleman with graying red hair and a well-groomed white beard sits in a modern-style leather recliner, his eyes glued to a huge screen watching triathletes run along a picturesque road in Banff National Park. The dramatic surf and soft, gentle dunes of the Oregon coastline can be seen through the room's floor-to-ceiling windows. The man, known as Big Donor Tatillion Camus, picks up his cell phone. D, I need you to please get this message from me to Steve Schwartz at the Associated Press Board two hours ago. Is that the same as yesterday? Yes. It's Saturday, you know, she says admonishingly, with mother hen care, and your wife's birthday. I know. Go on. For immediate wire, please, Steve. Race finishing within the next hour. Have you caught the Banff Ironman women's race? Upstart Tilly de Montan is in third position in the last 10 miles of the race. As of a few months ago, she had never even cycled. Tilly is riding for a cause called One More Year. Have you heard of it? She wants people to keep their stuff longer so our planet might have a chance. A good friend of mine once told me that to change the world, we must first see the world. Tilly de Montan may or may not win this year's Banff Ironman, but she is certainly worth watching. Are you watching? The room is quiet. The man takes a deep breath. Is that it? Yes, thank you, Dee. His foot, encased in a Nike shoe, rests on the ottoman. Outside, the sea is crashing in the distance as his wife comes over and kisses him on the temple. Big Donor stands to put his arms around her. Happy birthday, dear. Liz stands on the covered porch and steps out into the rain where she sees her Volkswagen van pull into the driveway. Graham opens the van door quickly and rushes to meet her on the steps. Raindrops fall on them as they kiss. Graham holds Liz close. Will you come to live on the island with me? Yes. They kiss and embrace again. The hill's going down. Do you have any supplies from the store we can lend? Oh, no, of course. Let's get them. Cutter helps the old hippie goddess put her coat on as Ike races up onto the front lawn riding the three-wheeler. Ike takes her hand gallantly, like a knight from the round table, walks her to his motorcycle, and gets on. She pulls up her long skirt to straddle the bike, puts her arms around him, and they drive off with a roar from the powerful engine and a splatter of mud. The hillside starts to slide in the rain. Water and debris flow down the hill toward the houses below. The bike guys and emergency vehicles rush to get the last people out of their houses. Ike passes Reeve and the bike guys on his three-wheeler as they all look up at the hill and see the trees fall violently and the earth begin to move. Frida chants sorrowfully on the porch as Bear, on his horse, reaches down and gently pulls her up off the ground and onto the horse behind him. They ride down the trail towards the water. Frida cries with her head on his back. Trees, mud, and logging equipment crash down the hill as cars line up to leave the neighborhood below. Debris made up of logs, branches, and stray logging equipment are carried by the water and mud and race faster and faster down the hill. The noise grows louder and louder as the animals' calls echo in the background. The large wood structure in the misty woods stands its ground as the crashing sounds of the unforgiving mudslide reach its footing. Debris of all shapes and sizes is caught in the blockade, 
and ear-shattering creaking fills the air from the force of the mud and trees crashing against the braced wood and the scream of earth leaving what has been its home for thousands of years. The tons of mud and debris build up higher and higher against the structure and spread out towards the sides. Signs of giving out reveal themselves with progressively louder creaks and wails from the strained wood and the twisting of metal bolts and bracing. The flow of water pushes debris around the sides of the structure. A section of the structure finally succumbs to the momentous weight of the mud and busts open. A rapid rush of trees and forests crash through like air from a punctured bike tire and blow down the hillside. Chapter 39 Hand-Painted Established 1994 Latera 22 Community Pub and Rathskeller Window Sign Tilly makes her move. She finds a burst of speed from somewhere in the depths of her exhausted body and passes the runner in front of her who struggles for a time but cannot keep up. Camus watches Tilly on her phone and shakes her head. There she goes. Camus receives the text from Cutter. Tilly passes the third place runner, then the second runner. Holy shit, Tilly, my girl. The crowd is chanting along with Camus. One more year. One more year. One more year. Bring it home, sister. Mud and lumber crash through the bikeman's blood brother barrier to tear through the ancient earth of the sacred grounds. The peace stone covered in mud finds a resting place in a ravine far below. A hawk cries overhead. A hawk gives an echoing call over the racers as their aching bodies near the finish line under the silhouette and majesty of the Canadian Rockies. Tilly can hear faint dog barking sounds in the distance which grow louder and louder until she is certain it is Pedro. She can't see him yet, but she reaches down deep into herself to pull the last of her strength from her battered body that has swum miles of Lake Bijanesse and has run the trails of its mother mountains. She crosses the finish line. She passes the cheering crowd and makes her way to Camus and Pedro. Why are you crying, silly? You won! Tell me, Tilly pleads, placing her exhausted head on Camus's shoulder. Camus holds her tightly. The hill went down, but the guys and Ike are okay. They saved the people in their houses. Tilly looks up. Camus looks Tilly in the eyes. They couldn't save the sacred grounds. Tilly nods solemnly, then closes her eyes for a moment and hugs Camus tightly. Camus lifts her off the ground. Tilly smiles when she comes down and turns around and hugs Pedro and Burr. Tilly grabs Camus's hand and Pedro's leash and they walk back through the crowd to congratulate the other athletes. Tilly graciously accepts the congratulations and well wishes from the jubilant crowd. They're pretty well set up with beds and food. Got some fire pits and band playing and donated beer from La Terra 22, the fire chief says to Mayor Patrick on the phone. Glad to hear the stress relief is covered. One more thing, Mayor. We found the darnest thing in the woods. What was it? A large wooden blockade of sorts. It looks like that's what saved all those houses and people in Syringa. Well, I'll be damned. Chapter 40 Vintage Hawkeye Burlington Green and Tan Woven Picnic Basket with Pie Shelf 
Pedro and Roxy lie on the grass side by side next to a blanket filled with Graham, Liz, Bear, Frida, and a magnificent picnic spread of cheese, local charcuterie, and wine. With several hundred others, they sit listening to live music from a stage under a large tent at the annual summer Sandglass Festival on the lake. The band pauses and the joyous crowd breaks into loud applause. Mayor Patrick walks onto the stage and lifts the microphone. Hello, friends. Thanks for letting me interrupt the wonderful music. First, I want to thank all of the festival organizers. Graham gets up from the group when he spots Tilly in the crowd, the mayor's voice in the background. You didn't hold back. Did you expect me to? No, but why didn't you? If I held back, then not only would I have not done my best, but the others might not have either. Tilly adds, smiling, and would have violated training rule number one. Yes, wise one. Reeve told me that you're still in a lot of pain from the accident. I expected someone would eventually. Why didn't you tell me things still hurt so much? I think you know. You said it at my house the day before we left for your race. We may not know the exact reason we do what we do, but it's not about the end of us. It's about the brilliance of us. The mayor begins to speak again from the stage. Graham bows respectfully to Tilly, then kisses her on the forehead. Graham walks back and sits down on the picnic blanket next to Liz. I have a civil service award to present for bravery, the mayor says to the crowd. Patrick motions with his arm for Ike, Reeve, and the bike guys to come on stage. The crowd explodes in applause and gratitude as the guys run up on the stage. They're wearing one more year t-shirts, all in different colors and styles. Hi, gentlemen, the mayor says. The guys acknowledge the mayor with greetings. The noise from the crowd dies down. The men you see here risked their lives to evacuate the Syringa neighborhood before emergency teams could get there. The crowd stands in applause. Reeve walks to the mic. Mayor, can we say a few words? Mayor Patrick hands Reeve the mic. Of course. Reeve speaks confidently, warmly. Hey, Sandglass friends. The crowd cheers and shouts hellos. Did you hear that our good friend Tilly de Monton won her first Ironman race? There's another huge burst of applause. People jump back up and cheer. They look back and see Tilly smiling. Those standing close hug her and give her high fives or kiss her on the cheek. Well, turns out she did that for a reason. You may have seen the One More Year OMY post at Heaven Brothers and online, Reeve continues. The crowd applauds. If not, OMY is, Reeve turns towards the other guys. In unison, they all call out, one more year. Keep your stuff longer, people. There is a deafening round of applause. A band plays low folk acoustic guitar between the guys as one by one, they join Reeve at the microphone. Ike comes to the mic first. I'm Ike. The crowd cheers. And I've had this guitar for 32 years. I hope I get to play with the band tonight. When it needed work, Dan in town, who also makes violins for a living, repaired it. Dan waves from the cheering crowd. Cutter steps up to the mic. Howdy. I've kept my cell phone so far for five years. Larry at the computer shop in town has fixed my broken screen three times. Cheering continues. Josh steps up to the mic. I've kept these jeans for six years. My mom keeps them decent. Camus cat calls from off stage. The crowd laughs and cheers. I've had my truck for five years, Joe says into the mic. I bought it used and it's still used. Joe smiles. He continues, Stacy over at Hipstitch sewed cool seat covers for me, and when my car breaks down, 
which is like never. I work on it myself. Thanks, guys. Thanks all. Camus runs onto the stage, interrupting Reeve. Surprise, he hugs Camus and adds, Everybody may already know her. If not, this is Tilly's coach, Camus. The crowd grows even more excited. Camus grabs the mic from Reeve. The band turns up the volume and plays a funky beat to match Camus's dancing. She waves her hand and then opens her palm to face the crowd. The music stops. Aren't these the sexiest guys ever or what? The Sandglass Sexy Factor, and we do have it. Camus does a slow 360-degree dancing turn, shaking her booty with more music. The crowd dances along too, laughing. Eventually, she stops dancing and the music quiets. This morning in the shower, sadly by myself, Camus says as she looks over at the guys on stage with a flirtatious smile, it dawned on me. Simple is sexy. The crowd applauds loudly. If we didn't buy so much damn new stuff, we wouldn't need to carve up mountains for coal to make the stuff, and we wouldn't have to cut down trees to build the ginormous houses to hold that stuff. Tilly looks tearful as she watches Kama speak passionately. I'm not smart like my best friend Tilly here. I can't outrun her hard as I try, but I remember what she taught me, and that's getting outdoors instead of getting out your credit card to buy a bunch of crap you won't remember you have in two months anyway. It's killing our planet, Kama says forcefully, and to love each other well. She taught me that too. Camus turns to the bike guys and laughs. Who let me talk so long? She walks over to them and they hug. The band starts up behind them. They walk off stage arm in arm, waving to the crowd who are all dancing joyously to the happy music. The moonlight shimmers across Lake Bijanesse. Tilly and Pedro walk out of the festival stadium down a quaint street of small sandglass cottages towards home. Some folks who are listening to the festival from their front porches wave a friendly good evening to Tilly. Chapter 41 Vintage Bulova 666 Feet Surfboard Dive Watch The lake is as smooth as glass, cut only by the wake of Tilly's swimming as she pulls Pedro on the paddleboard. Pedro waits anxiously for his turn to swim. Tilly sees Graham's kayak pull up out of the corner of her eye. She lifts her head to shout, You're too close! The kayak pulls back. Tilly hears a splash, and she senses that Graham is trying to race her. Pedro barks excitedly. Tilly swims faster, but he passes her easily. Tilly swims even harder, but is unable to catch him. Tilly stops, then shakes her head in disbelief as she treads water. I didn't know you could swim like that. Liam, a handsome young man with short, curly, wet hair and sparkling blue eyes, turns around. I thought you were my coach, Tilly says, surprised. Liam swims back to the side of her board. Nope, he thought you might want a swim coach. Pedro barks. He reaches his hand out of the water to shake Tilly's. I'm Liam, Graham's son. Tilly looks skeptical as she shakes his hand. Graham never mentioned anything about having a son. Pedro barks again. So what can you teach me? Why don't you pass me the harness? Tilly unhooks the harness and gives it to him. Liam motions to the paddleboard. Hop on. Tilly climbs onto the board. Liam hooks the kayak to the back of the paddleboard, then swims to the front and fastens the harness to himself. First, let's work on some rolling. Rolling? If you roll side to side like a fish, you'll glide through a large pack of swimmers most efficiently. I like that, Tilly turns to Pedro. See that pee? Like a fish. Pedro barks. 
I'll show you. Liam swims powerfully, rolling back and forth with powerful kicks. He alternately points each of his handsome tan shoulders to the sky as he reaches his cupped hand forward into the water to pull Tilly and Pedro kayak in tow. Tilly and Pedro lie down side by side at the front of the board. Tilly's head on her crossed forearms and Pedro's head on his paws, watching Liam swim. Tilly smiles at Pedro, kisses him on the wet ear, then rests her chin back down. The End Pedro's Primer Tilly asked me to share a few words with you. I love her so much I said yes. Here goes. I like my kibble dry, not wet. My belly scratched 27 times per day and playing with my favorite toy, Hedgehog. Please keep your stuff longer, people. When you go to buy something new, remember O-M-Y and the words one more year. Just keep it one more year. And next year, ask yourself the same question. Oh, one more thing. I like water a whole bunch. P. Pedro de Sousa Saramago Magellan. This concludes the audio chapters of One More Year. I look forward to sharing audio chapters of Book Two, Plastic Plankton, after several new episodes coming up on peace in the Pedro the Water Dog Saves the Planet Peace Podcast. Podcast music is Dalai Lama Riding a Bike by Javier Peque Rodriguez. A link to his music on Spotify and Bandcamp are in the show notes. Support messages of peace in the planet by joining my Patreon for as little as a cup of coffee per month at patreon.com. Just search Avis Kalfsbeck or Pedro the Water Dog to find me. Pedro the Water Dog Saves the Planet books 1 through 5 are available at all your favorite online bookstores or at avaskalfsbeck.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Thank you again. Listen for the peace.